Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to Night 320 Preview Podcast. This is the show that's missing Wrexham versus Notts County to record this show, so please be thankful. Uh, we're, of course, previewing a huge match on Tuesday night under the lights. It's Bayern Munich in town in the Champions League quarterfinal first leg. To do so, two big hitters are in the building. Uh, good afternoon to Asan and Lloyd. Asan, how are you? Afternoon, Howard. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm really good. I'm back back at home, which is which is nice. And it was a good weekend of football. And Bayern Munich seems to have come around very, very, very quickly. Very um, quickly. Yeah, and I can't help but feel that the next however many weeks of football is going to be way, way, way more draining and intense than the last. The, the season so far has been, basically. That's every season, though, so... Yeah, I, I guess you're probably right. <laughs> Centurions won. Uh, beat United by... Was it eight points the other year? The, the COVID years, just uh, do fade in the memory somewhat, so... Mm. Two easy league wins and quite a lot that were not easy, so, yeah. Uh, always away. Is it not? So, you enjoy the uh, a weekend of more crazy Barclays action. <laughs> I did. I, I did enjoy it. I um. I do think. I mean, Stefan said, you know, maybe it's just the quality of, maybe it's just the fact that all the teams have got loads of quality, and I think there is probably something in that. But I don't know that. I I do get the sense that there's been a lot of. I don't know how you two feel. I don't know. I haven't listened to the review yet, so I don't know what you said. But for me, the the Arsenal Liverpool game was anything but a tactical masterclass. You know, it it was Agreed. it was a it was a high intensity game for sure. But um, I, I'm not. Yeah, like n- neither of those teams looked like teams in control of their destiny in any way, shape, or form. Um, so. And yeah, just in, in general, maybe it's a World Cup thing, but it does feel like it's a little bit wild in the sense that I don't think I can predict any results right now. You look at any fixture on paper and you go, I've got no idea. Not when you've got VAR in town as well. So No, I mean, that's the other thing that like the kind of the officiating that, that sur- has surrounded uh, a lot of this season makes it even more unpredictable. But look, I think for me, the, the most important thing is um, I, I've had the feeling since the World Cup that Arsenal are a little bit gung-ho in everything that they're doing. And and I respect Arteta for, for sort of going, well, we're just going to blow teams away. Um, but there is, there is a flip side to that. And the flip side to that is that I've felt in every game of theirs that I've seen, that if the opposition were half decent, they could score goals in multiples. Um, and then if you kind of layer on top of that, just purely from a mentality point of view, I appreciate that it's Anfield, but this is not a vintage Liverpool team that, that they came up against. And at 2-0, I, I thought Arsenal managed that game like children. Like, I just... I had, Do you think... I don't, the- the commentators go, go over the top with that Xhaka moment. Massively they were so. going on about it after the match. For like Massively Ages so. I, I, about, oh, you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't have done that. Do you agree with them? Yeah. No, not at all. I think that in, in actual fact, the problem was that at 2-0, um, Liverpool are 
applied a little bit of pressure and Arsenal just were completely and utterly unable to kill the game with the football. I mean, they did a really good job of falling over and pretending like they were injured to try and take the kind of momentum out of it. But that's not really what you need to do. What you need to do... I don't think that helped, keep... though. I think I think that in a bit... In a in a bit of itself, turned the crowd. Them pissing around and hmm. trying to waste time. I think that was part of what got the crowd up as well. I I agree. I think they overemphasised the Jacker incident, but I actually think Arsenal did. Um, what's the word? They kind of. I think they damaged themselves a bit by all by all of that messing around because I think that did get the crowd going a bit. Yeah, it did. I mean, I I guess my my point is that. If you want to win a title, if you get yourself to where Arsenal have got themselves to in the league, you that is, along with the Etihad, their most probably their most difficult game left of the season, the, the game at Anfield, to take an early 2-0 lead and to really be up against a team that were that for the first 30 minutes just looked like they didn't really want to be there. None of those Liverpool players really looked like they wanted to be there. And and Arsenal just I think Arsenal collapsed more than Liverpool did anything good. It just felt like Arsenal decided, all right, so Ramsdale will kick the ball long. Every time we get it, we'll just knock it into a channel for, for Martinelli or for Saka and we'll let Liverpool play all the football, which just was, uh, I don't know, it just it felt very, very naive. Arsenal, to me, yesterday looked like a really naive team. Um, and the big question now is when they lost to... When they lost to us in the league, they reacted really well and, and they went on a run and and they kind of they, they they managed to brush it off. It'll be interesting to see if they can brush it off again. And I want to know what you two think. I, I guess it was probably discussed on the review. I'm not sure having a week between games for them is such a good thing if you start to rock a little bit, if that makes sense. I think that if you're rocking... If you feel a little bit nervy, you want that next game because you want to win, put it behind you, get the points on the board, build a little bit of psychological momentum again. Um, the flip side of that is now they've got to sit on their hands for a week and then City play before them next weekend at home against Leicester. I'm not writing... Premier League is a Premier League. I'm not saying that we'll definitely kill Leicester by a million goals, but... If we beat Leicester, that puts an enormous amount of pressure on Arsenal going into that game. Um, and we'll see then what they're made of. New manager bounce for Leicester. So. Who's the new manager? Uh, Dean Smith is being touted. Really? I'll, as interim I'll manager. I'll take that. Wow. Mm. Guy got sacked by Norwich. In it. I know, but I'd still prefer them having their caretaker in because you know they were yeah. they lost out to Bournemouth at the weekend. So, but obviously, it's yeah, we turn up and play like we do in the last two games, we'll win. So yeah, and really it's, it's, uh, it, but and I always like to have everything stacked as as well as possible. So. <laughs> I understand it is at home for us, and I think the other thing I, I'm really surprised to read. I guess maybe I shouldn't be that. Jesse Marsh didn't take the job mm. because he basically is like, I don't really have the players that I would need to play in the championship and I don't sure, I'm don't. i not sure that I want to coach in the championship. And that gives me the sense that there's a defeatism 
around Leicester that they are going down. Um, so that's very that's very dangerous. I think. Well, for them, yeah. I've let I've heard on the grapevine. I'm sure many of the finances are teetering. So I won't want to be the manager in the championship. Seventh highest wage bill mm. in the prime. Mm. I mean, apparently catastrophic consequences of them being relegated. So you imagine prospective managers know that uh, and know that they're not going to get well funded You know, to restructure that. It's a tough gig to take, especially with the prospect of going down. So it'll be a brave man that takes it. Hence, interim manager makes more sense, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. Or oh, it's all they can get. But anyway, left field. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the games are coming thick and fast. Uh, by Munich, Tuesday evening. Lloyd, how much are you looking forward to this match? Very much so. I mean, this really is, you know, this is kind of why we're football fans, games like this, why you want to be in the hunt at this time of the season. This is what gets Pep out of bed in the morning whenever you whenever you hear him interviewed about kind of April, May. The guy, you know, the, the guy looks like an excitable puppy. Um, you know, he, he loves the kind of the pressure and the, the knockout element of this. It's literally shit or bust. Um, I've also got some skin in the game because I am going to Munich, so I hope we don't... Uh, I, hope, I hope it's still alive for the mm. second tie. Um I'm sure it will be, but I I think this is going to be a huge test because, you know, Nagelsmann or Tuchel was going to be a really tough game. Um, I looked at their team against Freiburg at the weekend and I was like, Oof, I mean, that is, you know, that is an incredibly strong 11. They, you know, I, w- I would say punch for punch, I'd say we have a better team, but it's, you know, they've got a lot of players with a very high level of individual quality and for example I think if you look at their team and you look at Arsenal's team I think there's more quality in their team for sure and we're going up against Arsenal for the league so I think it's going to be very tricky game um, and a bit of a coin flip really Mm. and yet in the league they've only just gone back top have they not so they beat Freiburg uh, who knocked them out of the cup the other week uh, indeed yeah 1-0 with a delit screamer apparently at the weekend, so yeah, though Freiburg, you might think that's an easy match, but they are having a brilliant season. So yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, they've sacked the manager who himself, I assume, for behind the scenes stuff and that inconsistent league form. But in the Champions League, uh, they've kept clean sheet after clean sheet. Yet in the league, I think they've only kept five clean sheets in fifteen or something like that. Sorry, conceding two or more on five occasions. So it's one of those where you never know what you're truly getting, but obviously they are European royalty and they know how to play these games. Uh, Aysan, what about you? You're you're looking forward to this match? Nervous or excited? Confident? What are you thinking? Um, I think I'm probably less, a lot less nervous than I was when the draw was made. Somehow I think that the kind of the, the the league title challenge being blown wide open again and kind of being in our hands mm. has really somehow taken the pressure off this game. Um and also just our form. I think I think our form's in the main been really good. Um and 
I know that people love the Touche, and I know that the Touche beat us in the Champions League final. Um, but I just, I don't think he's as good a coach as Pep, and I don't want this to come and bite me on the arse, but <laughs> I just think we should have what it takes. So particularly over two legs with, with Harlan, as long as Haaland stays fit. And in fact, I'm not being funny, but having seen how Alvarez plays, just we are we we have it in us to beat them over two legs. Um, so now I'm really 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 looking forward to it. And you know, Bayern have got some really good players, but I'd love to know what you two think. I kind of look at that attack, and I mean, it's it's not really all of that. I mean, Thomas Muller is about 100 years old. Nabry's rapid, but he's had a bit of a funny season. Leroy, has he really settled there? I mean, of course, Sane and Cancelo, there's the, uh, there's the added narrative. Um, but in general, when I look at their attack, I go, okay, if, if, if we are solid and we are compact and we do all of the, the sort of structural things that we need to do to not really give up too many transitions, then there's no reason why why we don't control the game. And even in midfield, which I think historically Bayern's midfield has been mega, mega, mega impressive. I just think right now, Rodri, KDB, Gundo, and even Bernardo when he's coming in, whether he's coming in from the right or whether he's playing centrally, I think they are playing some of the best football that they've played this season and maybe... Uh, like in Gundo's case, has he had a better moment in his city career in terms of just consistency? Probably the goal scoring season. Yeah, the goal scoring season. Yeah, absolutely. But just in terms of the consistency of the kind of playing that midfield eight role, which isn't really about running into the box and scoring goals, it's about controlling possession and controlling controlling tight midfields. I think that he's doing it really, really well. Uh so no, I just I, I guess the thing is that normally going into Champions League games, there's always one position that you look at with City, and it's just got a big red flag over it. And you know we all know that we're talking about left back here, um, but it's just it feels like we've always had a red flag in one position. Whereas going into tomorrow, I don't see like a big red flag in one position where I go, oh, okay, that's that's Bayern Munich's route to making life really difficult for us. Um, and a question for you two, because I, I, I've, I've had a little bit of a theory for, for a while now this season that this system is kind of built for all purposes. And what I mean by that is it's a system that clearly can be really effective in, in the Premier League, but it's also a system that gives you a, a different kind of defensive solidity in the Champions League. And I saw what Guardiola said after, I want to say it was after one of the Red Bull games where he basically said, you know, all the games that we've lost in the Champions League knockouts, it's because we haven't defended well enough um, and we're much better this season because we have defenders who like to defend in those positions. And I think that was a really, really, really telling quote because, you know, it, it suggests that the kind of the, the, the tactical chess game that it is it's built around the idea of I want four lads who like to defend and like to defend well, and then it's up to everybody else to go and score the goals. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. 
to listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.